Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello one and all, and welcome to Behind the Glass. I'm your host, Sam, from the YouTube channel Seen Through Glass. And I'm Tony from Gravelwood Car Sales. Yes, you are. Uh, each week we get together, we talk about cars, motorsport, F1, car, what else? Cars? Cars. We talk cars, cars, cars. cars. <laughs> <laughs> You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. You can watch us on YouTube.com forward slash Behind the Glass. Don't forget to subscribe and turn on notifications. And Tony, if people want to support this podcast, what should they do? Watch it. No. <laughs> But also head to Patreon. You can support us on patreon.com forward slash behind the glass. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed the episode. This week's episode has been sponsored by Blinkist. Now, I've never been a big reader. In fact, I've always struggled to find the energy, the motivation, the concentration levels required to read books. Even when I was young and at school, I was like, oh, books are so boring. But as I've grown up, as I've got older, I've kind of always made the New Year's resolution to read more books because I know it's a great way to learn. And even in lockdown, I was like, finally, I'm going to get into reading. But it's just never really (laughs) happened for me, which is why I think Blinkist is amazing because they've taken thousands of non-fiction books and condense them into 15 minutes. You can read or you can listen. And it means that you're getting the kind of the best elements, the, the, the golden nuggets of any book in a short and condensed way. So I'm still learning so much without having to put hours and hours into reading hundreds and hundreds of pages of these books. Head over now to Blinkist.com forward slash STG. The first 100 people to sign up will get the first week free. You can check it out, see if it's for you. You can always cancel if you need to. But if you continue, you'll get 25% off your membership. And I really, really recommend it because I signed up and it asked you all these kind of things that you want to learn about, how to cope with stress, how to be more productive. And then it gives you titles. It recommends titles to you. But of course, you can just go on and search. I found the Barack Obama book, which I really wanted to kind of get into, but I just knew I was never going to actually read. But now I can consume in this shorter and condensed way. There are 14 million other active users on Blinkist. So I'm not the only person who's thinking this is great. But for someone like me, who's never really been able to get into reading, I suddenly feel like I'm learning and enjoying all this kind of stuff. I just There's, there's so much stuff out there. So yes, Blinkist.com forward slash STG. If you also feel like you don't ever have the time or the energy or the ability to read a book, go and check it out. I highly recommend it. And thanks again to them for sponsoring this episode. A very surprising thing happened the other day over on the Patreon page. Go. We got a new patron. One? Muhammad Ali. That... No, I'm not joking. He's not alive. Not, not the I Muhammad don't Ali. think it's the. But well, I got the notification <laughs> saying Muhammad Ali is now a patron. I was like, wow. What the hell? But anyway, Muhammad Ali, whoever, whoever you are. Welcome. W- welcome. <laughs> um, a few others to welcome as well. Uh, Marks, Victor, uh, thank you very much for signing up. Uh, great to have some more support. This year, it's been very generous of uh, you to, to come and, and support us on Patreon. Uh, you actually had an interaction with a patron the other day, didn't you? I met one of our patrons, yeah, Tom. Uh, bought his car from him. Very lovely chap. Um, supports the podcast which is very very kind as it is all of you what car uh focus rs oh good lad yeah really nice one that um you know that sort of um off gray color oh okay so not the sort of straightforward blue uh, forward blue that everyone goes for yeah um performance blue performance blue stealth gray stealth gray nice not the blue the gray yes (laughs) Got there eventually. Um, now, today is going to be a sort of well, a car news episode because surprisingly, last week we were saying, oh, there's nothing going on at the minute. Suddenly everything exploded and a ton of things have happened over the last week for us to talk about, which is going to be very exciting. Uh, and then I've got a big topic at the end that I kind of want to go into uh, and get your, your thoughts on. So we'll come back to that. But the first thing I want to pick up on before we come on to the news is something actually I mentioned 
well, in my main channel video and last week, touch screens. Because a few people went in on me saying that I was complaining about touch screens. We were complaining about touch screens. No, but, you was complaining. So were you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but when I reviewed the DBX, I was like, oh, it doesn't even have a touch screen. What a pile of crap. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so just to clarify my thoughts there, I'm not wholly against a touch screen. Like, you know, the big main infotainment system, fine to control the radio, to do your sat-nav, no problem. What I don't like is the idea of every single element button control in the car being a touch screen, which is what the RSQ8 seemed to be, even drive select mode, air conditioning, heat seating, everything, you had to use a touch screen. So that was, that's my issue. I would like to have a few buttons and knobs and switches. The DBX, for me, felt like an outdated Mercedes infotainment system. Rather that it wasn't it just wasn't touch screen. Yes, it had some nice buttons. Well, it probably was, but that's why I mean. So that was my my issue there is that it just felt outdated, rather than the fact that oh, I wanted a touch screen. So I just wanted to clarify. No, no, no fair. And uh, sometimes uh, we we read all the comments, right? Oh, of course, so read everything. We read everything, and sometimes people are too quick to comment. So we I saw loads of comments, and I was thinking, well, we address that project. And do you know what? Sometimes as well. We often don't touch on everything because we forget. Or, yeah, you know, we're only human. Well, of course, no, but but which is why the comment section is great. You know, people can can remind us of things or catch out on things or, or tell us things that we've got wrong. We're we're all for the comment section, uh, but yes, at, at the same time, as much as we're for it, uh, it can sometimes be a bit of a treacherous area <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, because yeah, people sometimes react a bit quickly to things. And anyway, so I just wanted to clarify that we like you going in on us because that's all part of it and it's in part of the engagement. And and to be fair. If we didn't like people going in on us, we wouldn't do it, would we? Well, because usually what happens on a Thursday evening as the episode goes live, Tony and I spend the rest of the night screenshotting comments <laughs> and sending them back and forth to each other, going, ha, ah, you've been caught out, idiot. <laughs> it's like in my RSQ8 so <laughs> video. I said, this is the first time Addy've made an RSQ. What about the RSQ3, Sam? Yeah, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> we all make mistakes. So let's come on to it then. The car news of the week. Um, so the big, big news, I suppose, which is a little bit boring, a little bit corporate, but huge news, is the PSA-FCA merger. So this is now the fourth, I think, biggest automotive conglomerate in the world, which basically has seen, I'm going to read you out of the brands, I've actually written them down. Peugeot, Citroën, DS, Vauxhall, Alfa Romeo, Fiat, Lancia, Maserati, Dodge, Jeep, Chrysler, Ram, and Abarth all merge under one big family. Yeah. So this is like, of course, the VW Group, which has got products like Audi and Lamborghini. Which is the biggest, by the way. Which is the biggest, still? Uh, I, I believe Volkswagen Audi Group, as a company, if you take all the brands into consideration, is the biggest, followed by Toyota, I think. Oh, uh, okay. And then probably that... PSA they're they're fourth. That's why I, okay, in fine. all of my research, it's been the fourth biggest. Uh, yeah, good point, actually. We sh- uh, I'm going to bring up what, what are the biggest... Uh, biggest car companies in the world. I would think it is Volkswagen Audi Group. Um, yeah, you're right. Volkswagen number one, Toyota number two, Daimler. Daimler. Daimler, Daimler. It's Mercedes. Uh, and then it's saying here that Ford are number four, but I think now the new merger uh, will have put um, that PSA. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, an interesting sort of move, um, uh, I, I suppose. It could see some nice shared technologies. And That's what it's all about, mate. Yeah. That's it, exactly what it's all about. It's about them that basically all them products they can't survive on their own, so they've bundled them all together and now they'll make some money. And also we might see some nice sort of crossovers. Like for example, could there be a, a Peugeot quadrifolio? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, like, Are you joking? No, but you never know. I'm trying to look at the list thinking like what could be really exciting here? And really, I don't see much exciting crossover, but there's potential. Yeah. You never know. It sometimes happens, like the RSQ8 in the US. We could see some really bizarre Citroen so, Dodge Rams. So if they do a a, a Citroen Alpha crossover, I'm all over it. It'd be, it'd be no different to a normal car. It'd look good, but still break. <laughs> <laughs> or you could have an Abarth because Abarth used to get involved with a few other bits and bobs. So maybe yeah. like an Abarth 206. Let's get Lancia back in. Come on. <laughs> And TVR, let's all do, get, get, TVR. Get, yeah, get your money out. I think Bristol are coming back on. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> anyway, so it was big news. Uh, let's see how it all shakes out in terms of our future. But I think it, it does make sense for these huge parent companies, these multiple brands, as you say, helps them save costs. It, it may 
lead to some exciting cars but i think you know probably uh, the identities don't always cross over in a way that makes sense so uh, and and honestly like someone like chrysler i don't know i haven't been in a persia recently i was gonna say maybe they need the infotainment system from a persia or something like that, but i don't know what it's like over I, there. I would think mate that chrysler and fiat probably need persia more than the other way around because yeah, i think persia were government backed oh, as really? in, yes there's something to do with the french government Oh, that's interesting. Mm. Um, I don't know that. And Which guess. is why they bought Vauxhall. I'm fairly sure, but don't quote me. Yeah. <laughs> he could be making this up. Uh, I won't be making it like up. Like he does with most. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I was always told that Fiat Group were basically um, held up by Jeep sales. If uh, Fiat lost Jeep, they would crumble in a second. Well, maybe if you went worldwide, maybe, because in this country... Uh, Fiat is held up by the 500. Of course, in this country, but yeah, yeah. but Jeep sales worldwide are uh, huge, absolutely America huge. America and stuff like that, yeah. Uh, of course, and I guess cost to make is relatively low because um, they've been the same cars. Cost to buy is relatively low as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see, let's see what happens with that. Uh, it could be interesting over the next year, five or, or ten years, so who knows. Um, moving on, uh, EVs. We've got, you know, EVs are always on the agenda these days. There's always EVs coming left, right and centre. Uh, Neo who are a relatively new company uh, in the grand scheme of things. the bloke out of the Matrix. (laughs) (laughs) Have come out with a Tesla rival, four-door saloon. Big thing, the reason I'm bringing it up, supposedly 600-mile range. Oh. Now, that's interesting, isn't it? It's better. Because I feel like over the last few years, a lot of the focus has been on performance when it's come to EVs. Mm. And a lot of the chat hasn't been around range for a long time, maybe because the technology was holding people back. Mm. But I would have thought... You've got a, like when Dyson was coming out saying that that was going to be his big focus when they were making an EV car. And that's what I would have thought people would have really been focused on. Because if you come out and say, we've got an EV car with 1500 mile range, I think that's the one everyone's going to go and buy, isn't it? Well, I would probably rather than focus on charge speed. Oh, yeah, of course, because it's 1500 mile range, but it takes four days to charge. Correct. Bit of an issue. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess the two, in my mind, come together. You know, if, if you had a quick charging and long range, that's more important to me than performance or handling or anything like that. Fair. So, uh, yeah, we'll be interested to see what Neo... I don't think it looks particularly good. It looks like a Mirai, you know, the new uh, Toyota Mirai. Well, does it, does any electric car look really, really good? Ta- uh, Taycan? Yes, a Taycan. Yeah, I agree. But and uh, the e-tron GT. Well, it's not out yet. No, but the pictures of... Fair. But the rest of them look hideous. <laughs> what else looks good? No, come on, that's a good question. Of course it is. There must be some other good ones. Um, EVs. Think about it. What else is ah, in the EV? The e-tron? No. Have you seen the new uh, the new Renault 5? That yes. Well, I wanted to come that on to that. really Let's cool. come back to that. And Let's the come little back Peugeot. To yes. The so, little Peugeot. Both of them. Oh! Oh! <laughs> we're getting excited about electric cars. No, we're not. We'll come, we'll come back to those. What other ones that, that are out now? If you were going to go and buy one. So let's think of the... Okay, so what do the Germans make? BMW, okay, unfortunately, I don't think the eyes oh, are very good looking. Oh, I know. I really like the e-tron, especially the Sportback. Um, what have I missed there? Mercedes. What, what's EVQ? EQC. Same thing. <laughs> EQC VV. <laughs> good at night when it's got that light bar. It's yeah. good looking. An SUV. Um, what else is there? EV wise. What are we forgetting? Someone's going to come out. I with mean, that. there's lots, mate. There's going to be lots. I mean, the Avaya? Lotus Avaya? Uh, the hypercar's good looking. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say, yeah. That's so, all right. Eat your words. Tony. No, but there's not many, is there? There's lots. I just named about five. The. D- well, you name five. <laughs> I disagree with two of them. Good point. And uh, Alfa Romeo make a full electric car, yeah? No, no. Or Peugeot? Peugeot would be Alfa Romeo, so, I mean, they will. Oh, that's what you're saying. So you're saying the merger is going to lead to some... Good point, actually. That's exactly what's going to happen. Yeah. Well, the Fiat 500e is, is a thing, isn't it? That's, mm. you know, uh, that, I would say, is okay looking. Mini electric looks like a mini. Good looking. Really? <laughs> yes, I think so. No. You're not a fan of that? They're all right, but... Golf GT, yeah, that's not all. They do an E, Golf I, You know what, I like the Volkswagen ID3, I like that. Uh, yes, yeah, That's bad. good, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you're totally wrong. Well, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we can now come on, though, to the car that you just mentioned, um, which is the Renault 5, is back, supposedly, yes. but in EV form. So this was part of something which I think they called it the Renault-lution? Renault Lucian. Very good. Uh, new CEO came into Renault and he's basically 
torn up the book and started again. So I think they had something like five or six cars in the pipeline and he went, no, 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 cancelled them all and he's come out with eight new different models. All electric? Uh, a big push towards electric. That's obviously the huge focus for them. And I got a bit confused because obviously Renault have rebranded their F1 team as Alpine. And I was told or I read uh, that that was because Renault themselves as a manufacturer were pushing towards EV, but Alpine was going to stay stay the sort of sports enthusiast brand, most likely with hybrid or combustion engine. And that's why it made sense from a marketing point of view. However, in the Renaultion, uh, that's a, I don't know if that's an official term, by the way, but the big Renault uh, press event, uh, Alpine are doing just as much EV stuff as, as Renault. Like it doesn't seem to be that way at all. Um, so this new Renault 5 was kind of like the big, the big showy car from this this event. Uh, and it is a real retro-looking EV mm. hot hatch. Mm. Super cool. And it's not the first time we've seen this from brands. We had the, the Honda, the little Honda city car that has very retro-inspired. E. Is it called the Honda E? Mm. Thank you. The 500E, which again looks like a Fiat 500. Mm. Mini, you know. And I wonder whether this is a clever move by manufacturers. This technology is still a little bit, you know, questioned. We're still trying to embrace it, still trying to understand it. By tapping into their heritage, into their history, into evoking like classic cars that we all love and adored, it's a great way to get people excited about the new technology. Yeah, and I'll just have the light bulb moment. Go on. So the new 208, the yeah. new Renault 5, yeah. the new Fiat E, yeah. the new Corsa E, yeah. Uh, you're, you're about prob- to say they're all the same, aren't They're all going to be the same underneath. They'll all be exactly just different bodies. But not the Renault. So Renault's a different group. <sighs> what, mate, I, I think they all shit. There'll be a Citroen. There'll be a Citroen the same. There'll there be a is. There'll be Citroen. Because does the Zoe platform, is the Zoe share? Because that's what the Renault 5 is going to be, isn't it? It's just going to be a, I would an upgraded think so, Zoe. Upgraded, yeah. And I don't know if Zoe's shared at all across. I would think there'll be some shared stuff and technology in all of them. Are you making this assumption because they're both French? I'm making the assumption <laughs> because apart from Renault, they're all the same. Yeah. <laughs> no, fair. But I mean, well, let's wait and see. I think the the point, the, the bit that excites me, as I say, is, is this idea, this concept of packaging up cars that fundamentally are going to be very difficult to tell how they drive differently. You know, EVs, they don't have much emotion. They don't have much character. They're not very engaging to drive. And they all do fundamentally feel the same. So how do you get that brand value? How do you get people excited about products? And by looking into your back catalogue, looking at successful models, successful cars, and as I say, evoking some kind of history and, and emotion out of people, I think that's a brilliant way to do it. I'm all for this. I uh, That market, mate, I'd and them little super minis and little hatch, not the hot hatches, the little hatches, I think people buy them solely on looks. For sure. I don't, they're not, they don't care about emotion and so they can all be the same, just different bodies. Uh, are we talking about EVs or are you talking about combustion no, no, engine no. cars as well? Just uh, they're just general hatchbacks. General, them little, you know, the Fiat 500, the, the Volkswagen li- Up. Same thing. Yeah. I think people buy them. Oh, that's a cute little car, especially yeah. the girls. Personality. You know I mean? For sure. Well, yeah. I, th- I think girls and guys, to be, to be fair, yeah, it, it, it's your identity, isn't it, in a little car like mm. that? It says a lot about you. And that's why I think Abarth are so popular because relatively affordable, small little package, but it kind of got some kind of street credibility. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I, 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 I would love to know, I'd love to think what else is going to come out there. You know, other manufacturers that could, could tap back into like a, a an EV Capri or, you know, like, like what else could these manufacturers do to get us all excited, you know, sort of modern EV versions of <sighs> classic iconic cars. An EV Capri. I mean, I love the Capri. Oh, I knew it was going to be ripe your street. Yeah. But something like that, you know, like or, or, or Cosworth's and, and just cars that look and feel, but they're bought into that modern century. That's what I think the Renault 5 was very clever by Renault. It got people talking, got people excited. It was done very well. It did look like a very modern version of a Renault 5 and it gets people excited. I, yeah. I, I want to see that. I want to experience it. Yeah. And so, I, as I say, I'm all for this, uh, a bit of heritage, a bit of history because that's what it's going to come down to moving forward for all of these brands and companies. It's badge value. Yeah, You're going to be buying the badge. You're not going to be buying anything else. And monthly payments. And monthly payments. We're talking about, you know, heritage, history, 
Porsche, our beloved Porsche, uh, came out with a bit of a heritage model uh, this week. The Boxster celebrates its 25th anniversary. Can you believe it? I can't believe it, actually, because I remember when it came out. Shows your age. No, I was a teenager. <laughs> but even so, I remember when it came out. Of course, well, 25 years ago. Yeah. Um, and was so a baby. I literally was a baby. Uh, I think, you know, my, my Ferrari's uh, 20 years old in 2022, next year. Oh, actually, if it was older than that. <laughs> <laughs> what a dick. But yeah, so Porsche came along. They do love an anniversary, as my 911 40th anniversary proves. Uh, and so they're celebrating 25 years since the initial concept Boxster was launched, mm. I think at the Detroit Motor Show, bizarrely, uh, way back in whatever year it was. I can't do my maths quickly enough, but... 25 years? Yeah. 99? Thank you. Um, no, that's wrong. No. <laughs> <laughs> and no, I just believed you 96. blindly. I was like, yep, great, well no, done. 96. Uh, and so it's a it's a 718 GTS 4 litre with nice options ticked, but most importantly, these amazing retro wheels. It's basically all about the wheels. Mm. Um, cars GT Silver, like my 911, with I think a burgundy interior. Or the yeah. Terracotta interior. Um, you can spec PDK, which makes no sense to me at all. I think it's kind of cool. 1,250 units. A couple of grand more than a GTS, I think 76 odd grand. Like, like the Heritage Target, that sort of stuff, that sort of spec Yeah, sort. yeah, no, it's, it's much more plain than that. Okay. Silver car, cool, retro inspired wheels. Um, at that point, why wouldn't you just buy a box of Spider? I don't know, but, you know, each to their own. Mm. I'm the guy with an anniversary car downstairs, so I can't really talk. But, um, but yeah, I, I think it's cool. I think it's a nice thing to celebrate. And cool fact that I learned, which I didn't realize, is where the name Boxster came from. Got this? The engine's obviously a boxer engine. Yeah. And Roadster. Oh, fair. Boxster. There we yeah, go. Yeah. I, I didn't know that. It's quite cool, oh. isn't it? Well done, Porsche. Well done. It's clever. Very good. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, very nice. So a bit of heritage and history. Um, coming back, though, I forgot, actually, to the Renolution. Something I wanted to talk about was alongside all of these models that they were talking about, uh, there was an announcement that Alpine, as I say, the sportier brand of Renault, and Lotus are going to be teaming up. Oh, I saw. A new EV sports car. So I think mm. we did tease this. We, we sort of knew that there was an announcement coming from Lotus. I thought it was going to be the new whatever, Elise. I mean, will or, that work? Or? I don't see why not. So this is going to be the A110 replacement. So we're expecting 2024, 2025, something like that. No engine. Uh, it's an electric car. Yeah, EV. Full electric. Full EV. Fair. Now, w- with the Avaya, you would suggest that Lotus are figuring out their EV technology pretty damn well. I mean, that thing is, is looking good and exciting mm. and some of the performance they're talking about. So they're going to have got their heads around that. Then you've got the backing of essentially Renault with all of their technology too. All very, very positive. Um, and let's not forget the A110 was essentially a catering project to begin with. So Alpine slash Renault, they're all used to, to working with, you know, companies that are all about lightweight and with Lotus. I mean, I just think it's, I think it's a cool combination. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Mm. You're, not, you're not keen well, on this? I mean, I'm not overexcited on either brand, so... I mean, I, I've never owned a Lotus and I've never owned an Alpine and I don't really desire to, so... I think the thing which excites me is I, I, I want Lotus 
a bit like oh I'll come back to this in a second I, I, I want Lotus to be I want Lotus to be great I want Lotus to be good I want us to be able to celebrate Lotus you know great iconic British brand still making fantastic cars that sometimes get overlooked and this suggests to me that they're starting to do good things again they have this big injection of money from Geely the big chi- Chinese conglomerate um, obviously the advice their big shouty we're back here we go moment but slightly kind of out of the realms of most people this is now suggesting that they're going to be knocking around with big players you know Alpine uh, it's a big brand they're going to be in F1 next year so the fact that they're working together is exciting as well to get Lotus branding on another car I still though want to wait and see like where is the the Avora replacement the Elise the Exige replacement yeah for sure that's kind of what I want that's what I think we were all hoping for and Lotus fans won't want them to be electric I tell you because they're full on petrol yeah I think hybrid I think I mean, yeah. it's, there's a big weight question there, of course, for Lotus. Um, but but you've got to think they're doing clever stuff. And if it if it pushes Lotus forward, because I would say that Lotus's downfalls, whilst the cars are fantastic, they're ten years behind in a lot of other areas. So the actual performance of the car, the sound, the experience, fantastic. But it's all the things that everyone else was doing ten years ago that we hark on about, saying the glory days, the emotion, the character. Lotus are still doing that, but then they've fallen behind in many other areas. Yeah, I agree. So if they can push forward and catch up, but still offer some of that DNA, that Lotus DNA, really exciting. So yeah, I, I just hope that this is the start of a lot of announcements this year from Lotus. I think it's good. It's not exactly the announcement we want, but let's wait and see. And that A110 still a revelation. A bit like the 4C, I feel like a lot of people overlook it. It's not sold as many as I thought. I thought I'd see them everywhere, but no matter like how... Like the 4C? Well, no, but everyone hated the 4C in terms of journalists and media, but the, everyone's been very polite about the A110, you know, a bit like with the Yaris. A110's the best kind of... But everyone didn't go crazy for the A110, but they have for the Yaris. So yeah. I, don't, I don't get that. I don't, I don't know why. Different price point, maybe. A different price point, and I guess it's Toyota, mm. and there was a bit more history to it the motorsport links, the time, the fact it was supposed to be a homologation car. The Alpine and the A110 kind of came out of nowhere and everyone was like, what? Okay, cool. Second biggest brand in the world as well, as we just said, Toyota. Yeah. So when they release a, a Larry car, you know, and the Supra didn't go down too well, but that's because they couldn't hide the fact that it was a BMW. But in general, you know, if, you know, the old Supras and mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. Of very, course. Very well Big followed. brand power. Yeah. Uh, you just reminded me of something that I wanted to launch in on. Uh, so firstly, Yaris's and their their sales value, their, their used value, or yes. what, the overs. Um, let's, go in, let's go in on that first. <laughs> let's, go, let's, go, let's go in on that first. Because obviously there was a, a lot of these Yaris's coming to the market. Yeah. Flippers, basically. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Um, and people were asking overs, weren't they? Yeah. But it's not a thing. Well, not, not from my point of view, not from a dealer. I'm not saying that dealers and, and private people haven't got over list for one, but... I, from day one, was never going to give over lists for one from a dealer's point of view. So I've been offered mm, probably a handful of them now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and I've and i not bought them because people are being unrealistic with what they've seen them on the internet for and they, they suddenly think they're an overs car. Trust me, if I've been offered a handful of them already... There will be millions of them cars any minute now. Uh, well, that's exactly it. I just see them everywhere. If people yeah. haven't bought them, they're on every single forecourt. They're being yeah. flushed everywhere. And, and the reason I say they're not really getting overs anymore is we saw that one on collecting cars go. Correct. 30 grand on the dot, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, so plus a little fees on top, but, but not a huge amount. So uh, suggesting that, you know, if that car was going to go crazy anyway, it would have been there. I think when even when the, they had an Abarth, uh, 70th anniversario go on there that went for pretty strong money in the grand scheme of things. Um because those cars are sought after. So if there's ever a place for a hot hatch to do well, mm. that Yaris was going to fly on collecting cars, and I don't think it did necessarily. No. And while we're on the subject of collecting cars, yes. did you see the CS? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was going to come around to. So those who missed last week's episode, we went uh, in a big section on Challenge to Dali's, and the fact that many, many have been coming to the market recently, and there was one coming up on collecting cars, and we bet. Uh, how much did we bet? 25 quid? <laughs> No, did we, did we bet some money? I thought we bet some money. Okay. Was it a bit of a handshake? I mean, I owe you some no, money. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> we did a handshake on it. But you saw the final value? Yes. 134 grand plus fees. So it's about 140. You're strong. You're 6%, I think, collecting yeah. cars uh, fees are. Yeah. So th- I think that is fantastic. If I was the owner of that car, I'd have been very happy. Really? Cause it, yeah, because we talked about this. That was not the best example. Left-hand drive. Oh, if you're the owner. 
Yeah, if I was the owner. Agreed. Uh, not the best example left-hand drive challenge trolley ever. Very nice looking, cosmetically, and mechanically supposedly very sound, but there, ha- there are better ones on the market. Um, for less. For less, yeah. I mean, so so it was it was strong money. And yeah. there's another one coming up any day now. It's on their coming soon page, another CS with bigger miles. But um, they just seem to be coming out of the woodwork everywhere. Uh, we talked about the TK one. I've been offered two or three more. Um, they just uh, Challenge Rally seem to be really mm. being sold. But if I'd seen that collecting cars, uh, car, <laughs> that's where I'd be selling my CS right now. Mm. I'd take them off anywhere because that's a that is good money. I think very good, very good. Well, it, it's retail money. It's it, full on one hundred percent retail money. Um, yeah, very interesting. Uh, we've been speaking about Toyota quite a bit. They revealed their hypercar for the Le Mans hypercar series. Looked exactly like an LMP1 car. <laughs> Which is a bit confusing. A little bit. Because we're all going, oh, it's so exciting. I can't wait. It's homologation hypercars. I can't wait to see what they're going to come out with. <laughs> they reveal it's like, oh, this is an LMP1 car. <laughs> but how exciting is that? Because they've got to build road-going versions of it. Yeah. And, and as well, how much different was it going to look because of downfalls? I mean, mm. the LMP1 cars, they look like that for a reason. But I thought the regulations had changed. So they couldn't look like that. I thought it was all different. Well, obviously not. Obviously not. <laughs> I say, it makes me super excited because we're going to have like a whole load of Valkyrie type looking cars because he's got all these aero gaps and holes and fins and everything. It's going to look mad on the road. Suck children up when you go down the road. Literally. So uh, yeah, cool to see, but but not as surprising, I guess, as, yeah. I, as I thought. Um, anyway, the, the topic that I wanted to come on to today, our sort of main topic, spawn out of some of our chat last week. Uh, we were talking a lot about the selling of cars and you kind of went in on me saying you got to be mad to buy a car new these days, you know, factory list price plus options, you know, it's a big gamble because you're basically buying the depreciation straight away or, you know, spending that money before you even know it. And what I wanted to look at was the thought of all of these tailor-made programs. Mm. So I think, again, we've spoken about it in previous episodes, the fact that most manufacturers now are offering highly... Um, bespoke programs for cars if you're ordering Ferrari McLaren Lamborghini whatever you want to do you can go in and you can literally say match the paint to my woolly hat or whatever you want to do and it kind of kickstarted with the Koenigseggs and the Paganis and I guess it's about the fact that if you're spending these huge amounts of money but also that they're producing a lot of these cars you want individualization you want personalization because otherwise you're going to roll up at the traffic lights on Sloan Street and there's three of these other cars going to be right next to you. Yeah. First of all, I don't think you're mad for buying a new car. I think you're mad if you're going to buy a new car on finance or wherever you pay it and you only keep it 10 minutes. If you're buying a car like my sister does, she buys a car every three years, she buys a new one, she sees the term out, that's what it costs her every month. That's perfect. Okay. But if you're doing what we all do and petrol heads in general coming in and out of them in a year or two years, that's when I don't advise to buy a new car because quite often, as I said last week, you'll be the wrong way around. So so you're saying I shouldn't buy the Ferrari Roma I spec'd up the other day online? No. <laughs> no. You know that. No, no, no. No, wait, 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 wait. Buy it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yes, mm-hmm. Buy yes, it. Yes. Put it on the term on the three or four years. Right. Right. And whatever the balloon payment is, that's it. It's fine. No problem. Ah, oh, no, 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 no. I just thought it's not guaranteed on one of them either. So you can't even give it back. <laughs> How much do you think a Roma would be on Ferrari finance? Let's say a 200, it's, we think 175 grand. I, don't think they, I still don't think they've confirmed price. 200 grand with 200 grand with options. Half. What? Half. Half what? So at the end of three or four years, it'll have a 100 grand balloon on it. So, but hold on a sec. So, so, but let's let's just make up numbers on a, so a hundred grand. You think is what Ferrari are going to say on three years on a Roma? They'll three say hundred grand. Yeah. So that means I've lost myself. <laughs> well, you haven't, have you? Lost a hundred grand. That's what lost a hundred grand. Okay. Even a lovely car for. Four, I thought Ferrari gave quite strong residuals on their own cars. Well, they do fifty percent. It's unbelievable. Is it really? Are you joking? I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying to convince myself to buy a Roma here, Tony, and you're not helping. Basically, tell me, is that good or bad? Should I buy the Roma? No. Oh, damn it. <laughs> okay, well, no, but I, because, anyway, um, let's move on. 
So yes, all these all these companies offering these highly specable bespoke programs, which add a lot of value. Because if you go in there and I say I want my Roma in brown, they're going to say, "Well, sir, that's a special color from our tailor-made selection." <laughs> take another twenty grand. That's say, that's, that's twenty-five grand, sir. <laughs> so you start racking up these costs for these highly personalized cars. The minute you take delivery of that car, you're probably going to lose all of the money you've spent on those bespoke tailor-made options. Now, I guess the point being that if you're going to the lengths and the extent of making this bespoke one-off creation, the idea is you're not going to sell it. It's yours, right? Mm. But everyone does. What? What? Not everyone. Not everyone. Fair enough. Not everyone. But a lot of people do. A lot of people do. Circumstances change. People move on, whatever it might be. At which point your car might be worth less than a standardly specced car. Correct. And that's what I want to talk to you about. So do you think it's a good idea or a bad idea Firstly, for these manufacturers to offer these highly bespoke programs, and secondly, to go through and do it. From from all angles, it's a good idea. From the from the the manufacturer's point of view, it's a great idea because they make more money. Um, from the customer's point of view, it's a good idea because they get to bespoke a car. Um, and unless you totally ruin a car, like totally ruin it, like brown and orange or whatever. <laughs> Literally the then it, it, it was it. <laughs> <laughs> then it, it wouldn't be worth less than a standard car. It wouldn't be less. It'd still be worth more because it's still a bespoke car or more bespoke. But it's not going to be worth the extra you paid for it. Because in general, if you take pistas for an example, uh, with a bit of spec on, they're like two seventy five list. But you can get them to three thirty, three forty. So on the used market, there isn't that gap between them as used cars. You might have a little bit more value in one that's got a bit more spec, but not 50 or 60 grand. The bespoke car's the same. And so, because the, the interesting thing comes down to, I heard you on the phone uh, just before we started recording, doing a bit of, bit of business, dealing. Trying. And you were speaking about Porsche and the fact that actually with Porsche, specific options on a car make quite a big difference to the value of the car, which we know, you know, if you've got the, the carbon bucket seats or the carbon ceramics or sports chrono, you know, it does make a big difference in the Porsche community for used sales. Yeah. Now, when it comes to other cars, do we think specs, for example, if you've got a very desirable right now green and tan car, because that's what everyone seems to want, is there a potential that you could actually you could have a little bit of a premium over a standard spec car. So could you tailor make a car, maybe not to your individual choices, but actually almost for the market? Because I'm sure an FF tailor-made examples are charged higher than a standard spec car, even if they're relatively uninspiring. Of course they are. And, and an example for that would be um, on Romans, uh, they had a green with green carbon pista. Wow, for okay. sale, and it was like three hundred and eighty grand list. It was huge, huge. They sold it for less than three fifty with no miles on it. It was a so whoever yeah. spec that car has absolutely done their nuts. Yeah, yeah, on yeah, it. yeah. Um, I don't know the exact value, but they sold it for a lot less than what it was list for sure, sure. and it n- not turned a wheel. So that's the thing is, it, it's that risk, it's that kind of gamble you're taking because also I guess you're you're limiting your potential resale audience or, 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 you know, because you're then looking for somebody who wants a purple car, who wants, because if you got a call up and someone says, oh, I want a part X and I've got a one of one neon yellow RS4, does that make you nervous? If you get really quirky, bespoke, you know, Audi exclusive or remember we saw that Jaguar F-Type SVR for a while that was yellow. And I was going nuts about it, saying that's so cool. And it just never sold because it's a very, you're looking for a specific buyer at that point. So are you wary from a resale point of view if someone calls you up and they've got a slightly bizarre, dodgy spec? Oh, I run them all. Do you? Yeah, because rare isn't always good, by the way. Oh, you've said that before. Yeah, yeah. if something's rare. <laughs> what about a, a rare 911 40? <laughs> <laughs> if something's rare, that's not always good yeah. because it's all about supply and demand and the general market. So. If we take a, a a McCann as well, for an instance, if you've got a standard McCann and then a McCann with 15 grand of extras, when it becomes the used market, yeah, it's worth a little bit more, but it's not worth 10 or 15 grand more, which is what some people think. And that's right across the board. It does change slightly when you get to the bigger stuff um, because 
when we use that GT4 as an example, if you have a Bogo one with comfort seats and no ceramics, and then you've got one with 918 seats and ceramics and the club sport pack and all the bits on it, it makes it worth a few grand more because of the, the, the spec, obviously. But but it doesn't change values that much. And Rare is a, a very, very niche market because the problem is when it comes to us reselling it, I'd rather have a normal one that appeals to a million people than have a yellow one with a red spot on it that <laughs> appears to one person. Sure, it's going to sit on your forecourt for even longer, So from right? my point of view, it's not worth any more money. Yeah, even though it's a bespoke colour and put through ad Correct. exclusive or whatever the it might be. a bespoke person that only wants it. There's only one bloke that wants it. So this is this is my... Because th- the thing is, right, I said last week that, you know, I've always dreamed I want to order a car from the factory. I want to order one new. And when oh, I, oh, oh, can I come? <laughs> but when I do that, I, I don't want to hold back. I don't... And I, th- I worry that we... Oh, they love you. Why? <laughs> they worry they will. Oh, please, sir. Of course we can do that. Uh, Ostrich leather. <laughs> um, but I worry that we've become cynical in our old age, but given our, our work... Um, and, you know, we look at it purely from this resale point of view, which I guess we have to. Mm. But the way we're talking now basically says to people, like, never go down this pathway. Never go down this route of excitedly specking your own car because all you're doing is costing yourself a ton of money when you come out of it. Okay, I've got some very good advice for that. Go on. Do whatever you like if you can afford it. That's basically it. Okay. If you're not worried about values or anything, which, to be honest, at supercar level... And this is going back, if you like, I said, when we go back 10 years, when I told you that supercar values would be awful. It's only been the last five or six years where people think they can get overs for a mainstream supercar. And now, obviously, they're not. But but if you can afford to lose the money, go do it. Go ahead. So that's basically what it is. The, 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 these bespoke, tailor-made sort of options are really there for the exclusive clientele that firstly want to stand out from the crowd, want something a little bit different, but therefore also can afford that. Yeah. Because, you know, if, you, if you're sitting there and you're going, oh, that piece is not special enough. Mm. I'm going to spend another 150 grand putting bespoke options on it. Mm. You probably can afford to lose that 150 grand because you're kind of a madman for doing so. Yeah. And in general as well, then people normally write checks for them. They just buy them yeah, and they're normally them. for a yeah. collection. When you start putting them on finance and stuff for that reason then listen supercars especially now they are not investments so go in with your eyes wide open whatever you buy because you're going to have your pants pulled down yeah i think at the moment especially it's uh, it's tricky times for that for that kind of stuff but but yeah i find it very interesting i think you know it made sense the Paganis and the Koenigseggs, they're pieces of art. So, you mm. know, you want to make them completely bespoke and, and intriguing. But, you know, if you look at things like Senna's, but also Pistas, as you say, you know, there's been a lot of cars recently that have been very bespoke, very individual. And I think the the risk is that you end up with a car that you ordered that you loved, but actually is, end up, is, is, is you know, going to cost you more. It's going to be harder to get out of for whatever reason. They're all completely individual. And when you go to those kind of levels of... Senna's is a really good example because I think every single Senna is unique, essentially. <laughs> They're so specific to that particular owner. You know, sometimes they're marked or they've got names, they've got uh, liveries, they've got flags, whatever sure. it might be. And they're very identifiable. Um, it's just an interesting thing that, that somebody made a point about um, on social media not that long ago. And I just thought it's a, it's a very interesting thing to, to, you know, to look at. I get the point of it, but at the same time, you're kind of mad to do it. But then, but then or just rich. <laughs> yeah, so there, there's a nut, there's... For people like us that drive our cars and, and a lot of people that do drive, they buy them to enjoy them. Mm. I don't think you can have a bespoke car because do you remember when I bought my Speciale? I said, I'm going to keep it forever. I'm yeah, never yeah, going to yeah. sell it. I've done four and a half thousand miles in it and I sold it because if I'd kept it, I'd have kept using it and all the value would have yeah. gone out of it. And We're not rich enough. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not losing. Yeah. But we know how much tax we all pay. Yeah. I am not losing all that money on on a car and I can't drive it anymore. Yeah. So that's why I sold it. You're right. You're right. It, it, it's it's there and that's why it's there. It's it's there for the people who, who can afford to do so. And at yeah. which point, freaking brilliant. I mean, and what a way to spoil yourself and treat sure. yourself. So I'll just have to get a Rosso Corsa Roma. That's <laughs> <laughs> lovely. Delicious. And take it off to, you know, a, a peelable paint. It'll be going to Logic and having a peelable paint and then it'll be brown and it'll be perfect. Uh, 
<laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, so finally I'm going to throw you a curveball here oh. and you're going to kill me. And I've put this on at the end so that people who are bored of this chat can, can turn off the episode because we are once again going to be talking about Caymans. Oh, not get, I mean, even I'm getting bored of it now. <laughs> Can't get a Patreon on. I think there's been about 17 episodes where we've talked about 718981 Cayman Boxsters. But basically what I wanted to say is for some reason, not just off that 25th anniversary Boxster coming out, I've started to really want to experience again a Boxster Spider or a GT4 718. Very good. I don't know why. It's got this crazy. I keep looking at my Instagram. Guy I know just had a PTS box of spider delivered in a very nice blue. They just look so good. And I know I didn't really enjoy it, but I've kind of almost blanked out. You know when you have a bad experience in your life, you kind of only remember the good parts. You know, some disastrous road trip, but you only kind of remember the funny bits. And that's where I'm going. Like, I just keep thinking back, oh, it was so good looking, and I liked looking at it, and it was nice. And I forget that I didn't really like the engine, and I found it a bit annoying, and it wasn't that exciting. I just kind of really, I just want one. Okay, and I, I can tell you another reason why you want one because on. you're very comfortable with owning one. If you get yeah. one of them, it's not gonna for you. It's not gonna change your life in terms of monthly payments. It's a very affordable, comfortable, and do you know what? Good value. Car. Well, there you go. You know, I start looking online, and there's very few boxer spiders out there compared to GT fours. And also, I've kind of bought into this theory of roof down life at the moment. I've had some amazing ruthless experience the, the 911 speedster another experience which is coming soon to the main channel which i'm not going to talk about yet because i don't know when that video is going out um but and i suddenly thought you know maybe i've never had a a convertible maybe i need to embrace that and box of spiders send us i mean i'd have to sell everything i'm gonna have to sell the the, the dog the 40th the dog <laughs> the abar i don't know why i need to experience one again i need to have fun with one i kind of want to have fun with one with an exhaust a fruity exhaust and then maybe I'll go, oh, what am I on about? But. You know, sometimes as well, we drive cars and we go into these cars and before we even drive, drove them. Driven them. Driven them. Drove, oh, I mean, yeah. oh, before we've even South driven London. them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, we've already made our decision mm -hmm. whether we like them or not. And you've gone in with your size 10s and I don't like this car and then drive it and, went, well, it doesn't sound, and you find faults. No, but I disagree because I went into it wanting to love it because of the way it looked, because everything it represented. It was supposed to be the closest that it had been to a GT4. It's supposed to have this amazing new naturally aspirated engine, having lived with a 718 Cayman S with the dodgy force. And like, I was so excited and it let me down. Mm. So then I was disappointed. But I was the other way around. I thought it was great. Yeah, see, but now given time, having not actually driven one, but stared at them online, now I'm like, oh, it's just, it's such an affordable, cool, different, unique car like in the grand scheme of things you say like 85 90 grand i think it's got many elements that things at 250 grand 300 grand have and you know for sure that that we do have to think about this at this point as well so do most people your money's fairly safe in them because if you look at the old shape car they're still 65 70 rock solid, grand. Aren't they? they're rock solid so the the, the 718 isn't going to be less than that car so you know if they are making the GT4 RS, which we know they are, mm. do we think there's going to be an RS variant of the Boxer Spider? Oh, I don't know, mate. I'm not sure. I mean, I'd like that GT4 RS, if I'm honest. Mm, I know you would. Right up your street. Right up my street, yeah. We're talking about them again, and um, as I said, I left this at the end of the podcast so that people who are bored of this <laughs> chat can switch off, but it would be weird to have a Boxer Spider RS, but you've got to think that they would do something. Yeah. You know, they would. They, they've got to, if they're doing all that technology into the GT4, maybe it's a... Boxer Spider Plus. Or yeah. Or and and while we're on the subject of Porsche, actually, have you seen all the negativity online about Porsches at the moment? And it no. always comes round when it gets to GT time, when a GT3 <laughs> and GT3 RSs and the GT4. Everyone moaning online about Porsche and their allocation system and this and that, and all the dealers are corrupt and. And I agree with a bit of it because I played the game with Porsche dealers for the last 10 years. But you know what? Like, it is what it is. If you get one, you get one. If you don't, don't worry. Just pay a little bit overs and just buy Don't cry like a baby. I mean, you're all So you think men. people are finding out that they're not getting allocations already? You think they're already having it's those conversations? It's already starting to come around, yeah, because I've yeah. seen online a few people starting to... And entitled people that think they're entitled to a car... And, and listen, it is frustrating because, I'll be honest, Porsche even peed me off 
Um, and and I've decided that I'm not going to play the game with manufacturers, not manufacturers, as in the dealers in general anymore. If I want a car, I'm just going to go on the internet and buy them. Because for me, I don't think that cars are, in general, the big overs of of um, uh, getting... Oh, gone. Big, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all gone. Yeah, so yeah. if if GT3s do start appearing, you know, online for big overs, I'll just wait a minute. It, yeah. it, and basically what it is, mate, it's normally very wealthy people that are just impatient. Like, just wait. Like, if you're not going to get one on... If you're not going to get one from the manufacturer... You've done yourself a favour because you haven't got to buy 10 McCanns. And whether you like it or not, you're all big men. You're all big boys. You know the rules. They're the rules. You know, whether it's right or not, they are the rules. So you play the game or you don't play the game. If you don't play the game, no problem. You're better off. Because just go and pay the overs for the... Probably paid less than the four McCanns you had to buy. You've 100% <laughs> yeah, yeah. paid less. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. But it's all this... It's all about, which is the bit I do not like about social media. It's the look at me bit and I've got this car first. And and to be honest, down the years, I've been involved in it as well. But I've kind of seen the light a bit and thought, you know what, I'm not playing this stupid game. It's childish. Like, just buy the car you want. There's plenty online. Don't If you don't want to play the game, don't play the game. If you want to play the game, play the game. They're the rules. And on that bombshell, <laughs> are we done? I think we're done. I think it's a, a, a good moment to, to, to finish. To get out. Yeah, to get out. Before we get ourselves in any trouble. Uh, but no, anyway, there you go, guys. That's the latest episode for you. I hope you've enjoyed it. I hope you found it informative and useful. Uh, we will be back next week. I think we were talking about it off air uh, a little bit before. You know, we don't really know what to do about the guest situation right now. Obviously, a big plan for this year, not only having an audience here in the studio, was to, was to have guests come on and join us for yeah. a chat every now and again. Uh, we are looking into that. Uh, if you want to follow us, of course, uh, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube. Try and subscribe. Subscribe if you want to. Subscribe to the YouTube channel, turn on notifications. We need to get the full. 40,000. We're For about 1,500 away, right? Something like that, yeah. Trying to get to 40,000 subs. Uh, if you want to support us, patreon.com forward slash behind the glass. If you want to follow Tony, Tony Gravelwood Car Sales on Instagram. I'm seen through glass pretty much everywhere and we will see you soon. Goodbye. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.